America Meditating Radio Show. We collect wisdom, inspire each other, and empower hearts 24/7. Hi, I'm Sister Jenna. Join me and guests on Blog Talk Radio as we amplify stories that compel us to be more for ourselves and everyone else around us. Foundation for Children of the World is an organization aimed to support women and children in need across the globe. We believe in empowering lives, strengthening minds, and providing programs that enrich health and education. The Azar Foundation was founded in 2003 and has been serving the world ever since. Visit us at our website at www.azarforchildren.org. That's www.azar4children.org to find out more information about our endeavors and join our mailing list. Remember, the smile and the cry of a child doesn't have any language. The Azar Foundation. Do you like to meditate? Have you tried to meditate? Have you struggled with meditation? Why don't you visit one of the Brahma Kumaris Meditation Center? Visit brahmakumaris.org. Blaylock Dialysis Center is a convenient state-of-the-art dialysis center in the Houston area, run by Dr. Panakin Patel. Relax in a comfortable environment while receiving quality care. Serving adults 18 to geriatrics, we are here to help you. Call 713-463-6611 for more information or visit us at our website at www.blaylockdialysiscenter.com. Blaylock Dialysis Center, where helping you get well is our priority. The Meditation Museum in Silver Spring, Maryland, offers a variety of courses and activities to make your life go a whole lot smoother. Located at 9525 Georgia Avenue, you will be able to experience the beautiful silence that's in the space. There are courses in Raja Yoga Meditation, Positive Thinking, Stress-Free Living, and Personal Development Classes. For more information, call us at 301-588-0144 or visit us online at meditationmuseum.org. Hello, everyone, and welcome to America Meditating Radio. I'm your host, Sister Jenna, and we have little Happy here in the studio who's nipping at my legs today. Bad girl. Anyway, I hope everyone's doing extremely well today. And yes, you know, you're hearing the language that in a divided world, we need to enjoy a deeper level of conversation. We need to amplify the spirit of inclusivity, understanding, and cooperation, don't you think? We had a quite an interesting week in America where the GOPs wanted to gut the ethics uh, committee and um, thank destiny that somehow that's on pause or that's on hold and so we're basically trying to find our way you know it's a beautiful time in our country i believe i think it's a beautiful time when we as whatever blue or red black or white rich or poor we're all being initiated an opportunity to go deeper and to come up higher go deeper come up higher go deeper come up higher And so with that said, we are looking at ourselves in ways that we haven't before. We're needing to understand the motive of intention, the way that we think, the way that we feel, and the way that we make our decisions. And is it that we are becoming more of a self-serving society 
rather than a society that contributes and dedicates itself to the all mentality. Oprah Winfrey was having an interview with Maya Angelou a few years ago. And Oprah asked Maya, what is your understanding of God and our beautiful, amazing sister who we miss so much on the planet? Maya Angelou said, it's all. God is all. He's all. And if we were to have that energy of allness, right? And I'm saying that in connection to the divine. Can you imagine if we walked with that spirit of being all for ourselves and for one another, what that could do? Stay tuned. We're going to have a wonderful heart-to-heart conversation with Tim Freck, all the way from the United Kingdom. And we're going to be talking about the deep wake and how to wake up the oneness and celebrate our own individuality. Before I get Tim on the air, why don't we just clear our minds out a little bit more from Sister Genti's Just a Minute Meditation CD. Take a deep breath and here is a clear mind. A clear mind. Taking just a minute, I turn my attention inwards. I silently observe my thoughts. Each thought, a ripple on the surface of a lake. I gently remind myself, I am like that deep, tranquil lake. As my mind touches tranquility, I allow calmness to wash over me, clearing the mind, returning me to my true peaceful nature. I allow peace to flow into my actions. Thank you, Sister Genti. That was beautiful. Clear mind from just a minute. Meditation CD. You're listening to America Meditating Radio. We're broadcasting from the beautiful Meditation Museum in the nation's capital. And if you haven't been here yet, you have no idea what you're missing. You're missing an opportunity to see yourself like you never have before. And you're also missing an opportunity to get into a very deep moment of silence. But today we are very pleased to join Tim Frick all the way from Glastonbury in Somerset, England. Tim is a pioneering philosopher and respected authority on ancient and contemporary spirituality, whose work has touched the lives of hundreds of thousands of people worldwide. Tim is the author of more than 30 books, which have been translated into 15 languages, including an international bestseller and Daily Telegraph Book of the Year. Tim's newest book is entitled The Deep Awake, Wake Up to Oneness and Celebrate Your Individuality. Tim represents life-changing events internationally and online, and he has often been featured in the global media, including the BBC and the History Channel. So today we would like to welcome our wonderful brother from Glastonbury in Somerset, England. Top of the morning. Good morning to you. <laughs> good morning to you. <laughs> we're, we're, we're afternoon here, of course, so I can good afternoon you. Yeah, it, does, it doesn't matter where you are in the world, it's going to be morning at some point, right? <laughs> Isn't that the truth? Isn't that a wonderful paradox? 
Well, I want to thank you for joining us on the air. And 2017 has been definitely inviting to us lots of conversations in our deeper thinking. I mean, I think England is going through its own Brexit issues. America is mm-hmm. definitely going through its run-for-the-money issue. <laughs> <laughs> There's just a lot going on everywhere. It's a lot. Yeah. And I know that you've got this incredible new book that's out called Deep Awake. What is the meaning of Deep Awake, Tim, and what inspired you to write this book? Well, it seems to me that what we experience life to be depends on the state of consciousness we inhabit. And that's been something I've been exploring since I was a boy. And when I was a 12-year-old boy, I had a spontaneous awakening, and something happened to me. I was, you know, life has always seemed deeply mysterious to me, like something really important is going on. I don't know what it is. And I was lost in that mystery, and this, this what I now call the deep awake state, came for the first time. It left, but it came for the first time, and it made a deep impression on me. And I've been exploring it one way or another ever since, and writing books about all the various spiritual traditions of the world that have, that have explored that deep awake state and sharing it with other people through books and events. And this book really is me pulling all of that together and going, look, I think this is a, a way we can approach this awakened state which people have talked about, human beings just like you and me and everyone listening, for, for mm-hmm. hundreds and hundreds of years. And it's a mm-hmm. natural state, and we can find it uh, today. I have to tell you, post-election in America had a lot of individuals galvanizing themselves in communities of spirit, in religious places. There's been just quite an awakening of people feeling like there's got to be something better from us as a humanity. And I believe it's definitely a spiritual awakening that's happening. As the darkness keeps increasing, our own inner light has to also increase because darkness is not a natural energy. It is an acquired energy. So, you know, we hear a great deal of talk about awakening, and some folks in the secular community struggle with us trying to decode that to them. What is awakening to you, and do we need a 21st century approach to awakening? Yeah, I mean, to me, look, this is a natural state. I'm a philosopher, um, as well as as someone who's passionate about awakening and and, and really a love junkie, I guess, if I'm honest. You know, it's about (laughs) the love that arises in the deep awake state that makes me want to share it. Mm -hmm. But I want to share it in a way which does hold up rationally, which people can understand, which people, as you say, in the secular community or any community, the scientific community I talk to a lot, can really grasp what this is and experience it for themselves because as i'm sure you know and many people listening to this know once you've touched that deep awake as i call it or whatever name you give it you can't mm-hmm. miss it it's not it's not maybe it's oh my god this makes this is the most profound mm-hmm. experience i've ever had and suddenly i see life in this whole new way and there's a profound optimism that underneath all of the negativity which is always there in life there is a profound goodness which is in us and which we can channel mm-hmm. through love into the world Mm-hmm. You know, I was having a conversation around breakfast today with a group of friends, and my question to them was, why does it seem so challenging to be in a, an embodied loving state over a long period of time, where religious or some spiritual communities might say, why is it so hard to keep remembering God so that your divinity yeah. can flow? And you've said that spirituality is not just about self-realization, but it's also about self-expression. Talk a little bit more to us Yeah, I mean, for me, there's the great injunction that goes all the way back to the oracle at Delphi, know yourself. But it mm. feels like today that's, it's not enough. It's also know yourself and show yourself. 
Uh, When you wake up to that profound oneness and the love, the love demands to be shared, which means to me it's it's no longer appropriate for most people. It may be for some, but for, for generally, and we need a spirituality which is about engagement so that we're waking up to these profound states and from that we're living and we're sharing and we're bringing it to others, our world, and... You know, right down, I mean, you mentioned politics a few times in this conversation, which I think is really important and, and is too rarely done in spiritual circles. The book I'm working mm-hmm. on right now is called Love is a Political Act because wow. it feels like this is the engagement we need to face what's happening in the world. And, and can I just add one other thing? Just to, mm-hmm. not to, just to because I, I feel for me personally and, and the work that I'm doing, my philosophy, I see what is happening in our, not just spiritually, not just culturally, the whole of the universe is evolving. And that's the great lesson that we've learned from science. We have this incredible, incredible story now of 13.8 billion years of evolution leading to you and I as conscious being having this amazing conversation across continents. Mm-hmm. And it seems to me that the problem, why it's so difficult to stay awake in a loving place, why the darkness, as you put it, rises up again, is because that's where we've come from. To evolve, you're always moving beyond something which is less evolved, less emergent. So it's hard for us because if we're on the cutting edge of what's coming through right now, it will always be a challenge. But where else would you want to be? And, of course, Mm. there will always be waves up and down, as in any process. So there's moments where it seems it's on the ascendancy and others where not. But as you said, when it's not on the ascendancy, it's still happening. But it's a challenge. It is Mm -hmm. a challenge because it's evolving from something else. Mm -hmm. I've written a lot of books on history. And one of the mm-hmm, things that's in the story, and you just see how bad things were, really hard, yeah. and we've come so yeah. far. That's true. I agree with that. And uh, a lot of times when I have conversations about the pyramids, which we can still see from far up in space, and people are still perplexed yeah. as to how it got built. And I would you know, go back to this conversation that there was a lot of inner power in us back in those days. So where it all seemed barbaric and, and very uncivilized, there was still, a, what I think, an element of deep inner strength. So here we are. Science has really upped us. You know, they've upped our game. We are now more refined in the way that the world is supposed to be functioning emotionally and physically. So we've got all of these incredible inventions thanks to science. But I keep going back to, though, are we as internally strong as we were back in the days when we could have our a tooth pulled out and just go, ouch? Or we, remember the days when you were given a, a shot of whiskey and you had to bite a cloth when they were going to operate on you? Now you have anesthesia. You, you're stroked, you're massaged, you're in a very comfortable... Yes, you're right, but I want to say, you know, as it feels to uh-huh. me, of course you're right, we're, we're much softer mm-hmm. now. But uh-huh. you know what, with that, with that hardness that was there in history came a brutality. Mm-hmm. People died mm-hmm. young, children died, people didn't care for each other in the same way. They didn't. I mean, we, we make, we, there's so many of us now, it's hard for us. I mean, the population mm-hmm. is so large, but... Mm-hmm. Overwhelmingly, we have a more, generally, I feel, historically, we have a much more compassionate society now than we've ever, ever, ever had. And when you go back in history, it's quite shocking the way people treated each other, just routinely. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, yeah, perhaps I a, a really obvious example in the States is slavery, of course. You know, that it mm-hmm. was just acceptable for thousands of years. And it's yeah, unthinkable yeah. In, in Western culture now. Although it's no, I'm not going to argue with you on that. I, I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> Well, I really like some of the things that you bring out. You know, you've got this tool that you talk about, the call, the paralogical thinking. And you say that everyone has both a deep eye 
and the personal yeah. self. For those yeah. of us who are really innocent to higher way of speaking, could you explain to our listeners what is the paralogical philosophy for our listeners and what's the difference yeah. between the deep I and the personal self? Okay, great question. Mm. Paralogical thinking is really saying, look, to understand the depths of life, you have to understand things that the existence is fundamentally paradoxical. A good image for that that people will be familiar with is the yin-yang sign, the white and the black, the black and the white. A simple way of saying it, which is a really obvious example, is if, if I said now, this morning I saw the sunrise. That is true, as it happens. But I could also say, do you know what? I didn't see the sunrise this morning because the sun doesn't rise. Actually, the earth is a, a globe and it spins around the sun. There is no sunrise. And that would be equally true. So you've got two contradictory things. I did and didn't see the sunrise, depending on how you look at it. And that ability to look from opposite perspectives that fit together on just about everything in life can really lead to great insight, and especially spiritually. So you said something paralogical. When you started, just before we started our conversation, you said, go deeper, come up higher. Yeah. Like, oh, okay, you go deeper and you come up higher. That is, a, mm -hmm. a, for me, a deeply paralogical statement. And then you've got the nature of the self. And my experience of myself is that on the one hand, I'm Tim. I'm this human being. He's 57 years old. He's fundamentally vulnerable like all human beings. He's a mixed bag. He does his best. There's qualities he's got. There's problems he works with. He's on a journey. And then if I go deeper, if I pay attention to my, the depths of my being, which is what I, I love to do and what I like to share with people, what I find there is a presence which is beyond him and which is universal, like my being is one with all being. And that's what I call the deep self. And that is not in this journey. It's not in time. It it's, has no qualities apart from being, actually. And when I touch mm. that, Tim is different. But they're both mm. me. It's not one or the other. The beauty mm -hmm. is that you are life appearing as you, I am life appearing as Tim, and we can meet with that recognition. We can either meet on the surface, where we just see yeah. each other's separateness, or we can meet on all of it, and I can be authentic with you. I can go, look, on one hand, I'm just Tim. What else could I be? And Tim is, you know, a guy on this journey doing his best. And then there's this other thing you can see in me and I can see in you, which is this deep, which when you see it, is just so beautiful and resonant and powerful and safe and still. And you know, these are the adjectives that come to mind for me. And, <laughs> and, and that's what I mean by the deep self. I love that. You know, it's interesting. I think one of the main reasons why we live so much from the surface is that we've had this friend with us on our journey for a long time called the ego. And yeah. I know we talk a lot about that. And I know a particular young man who is actually with me and my staff, and he's the most humblest young man you will ever meet. And as a result of his humility, you could see his virtues. But as a result of his virtues, everybody loves him. And despite the fact that he messes everything up, he breaks everything, he forgets everything, every time there's a major event happening, you can definitely expect something major is going to happen. And time and time again, everyone in the staff still goes just to him. And I sit, and I sit with them, and I go, why do you think we do that? And there are so many other qualified individuals that you can turn to to get this particular task done. And everybody will say, it's just easy to get along with him. Yet he messes yeah. up all the time. 
So there's something about the human ego that challenges us in so many ways. And I think healthy ego is somebody with a great deal of humility, but unhealthy ego is the one that separates people divides people. Yes. So I know that in your book you say that ego is the hero, not the villain of the spiritual journey. Yes. Can you share a little bit more about this for us? Yes. One of the great things that paralogical thinking can do is it helps you get insight into these sort of issues. So on the one hand, you know, certainly when I was growing up in my 20s and my 30s, I was involved with a lot of very Eastern spiritual traditions. And, you know, I learned my ego is a bad thing. My separate self is a bad thing. I have to get rid of it. I have to see that, that it doesn't exist or and on and on. My mind is a bad thing. There were things in me which were just bad. Uh-huh. I worked with that for some years and, and eventually ended up feeling like it wasn't really helping. Because what I see now is it's not about getting rid of anything. It's having the opposite as well. So if I'm just trapped in Tim, if, you know, if that's all I see, I will become egotistical. I will, it'll all be about Tim and I will cause suffering for myself and everyone around me, which is what people who are just trapped in their separate individuality do. And it's mm-hmm. not very nice. But the solution isn't to get rid of Tim or get rid of my individuality. It's to have what you call a healthy ego. What does that mean? I think it means you're conscious also of the opposite. So whilst you're, I am Tim and I have these different qualities and foibles and things that make me up, that, make my, that I'm working with on my journey, I'm conscious of these other parts, which is one with everything, and which generates this humility, this love, this presence. And then Tim finds his place. So rather than attacking the ego or thinking there's something in me or you or anyone that's that's wrong it feels more helpful to go okay just find the opposite that goes with this and then they both sit together really well and you can mm. be a an ego on a journey the hero actually of the journey and you know a separate self an individual but without being egotistical because you're not just stuck in it you've also got this other thing which is your depth of being which is generating the humility and love Mm, that's so beautiful, Tim. It's, it does. It does. The other day I was just sitting and I've been working on some very subtle practices for myself because I don't know if you saw our year in review, but we hosted over 220 events last year. And in wow. my consciousness, I told everyone in the staff, I go, we, did, we didn't do much this year. I was speaking in terms of last year when I was, you know, last year I says we didn't do much this year. And maybe next year we can really think. And the whole staff looked at me and said, you didn't do much this year. We did everything. <laughs> and it was a big joke for us because I've been having this very, very gentle practice. And I've been observing what my consciousness is willing to see when I look through my eyes. And and I'm saying this not as something major abstract. I look at the trees and I go, is there really a tree there? Or is it just energy? And even if it's just a snippet of an experience of just feeling my being as a soul and feeling that everything has in it good energy, pure energy, every time I do that, Tim, I feel as if my own inner pure energy is expanding or increasing. Is there a way that you could explain, you know, a method that our listeners can somehow adopt or learn how to accumulate more of this inner energy, this inner being to be able to tolerate, to cope, to give, to sheer, to change dark into light? Anything on your mind that you could share with us on that level? Yeah, a couple of things come to mind. What you described was beautiful, by the way, and it would be interesting to come back to that because there's there's a lot of interest there. But in response to your question, I'd say there's two things which immediately spring to mind, both of which are paralogical, you know, the opposites. One is just, and this, this I love because it's so profoundly simple. 
which is to remember the mystery. What my the practice I've been doing for a very long time, and I still find it astonishing, and is, you know, even right now as I'm here, just even saying the words, to remember that I don't, that I have my story. I have the story of Tim and his life and what he understands, and it's quite developed, and I'm a philosopher, so there's, you know, there's a lot to it. And life is a breathtaking mystery. <laughs> I have no idea what this moment is. I'm alive, I'm having an experience, I seem to be on a journey between birth and death, life is full of all of these experiences and colors and shapes and sounds, and it's happening right now, and it's a breathtaking mystery, and I find that if I remember that mystery, it's like waking up, and when I forget, it's like falling asleep. Now, that's not instead of the story of Tim. I need that because the story of Tim is what's giving me the language to speak to you. It's going to allow me to go in and see my kids later on. I'm going to, all of that's still there. It's just that there's this background, which is a recognition that what is happening here is just the most profound mystery. Just as breathtaking, actually. And <laughs> we're in this in- universe. <laughs> When I'm sitting here worrying about whatever it is, to go, look, there's 100 billion galaxies, Tim. 100 billion yeah, galaxies. Yeah, isn't that amazing? So to think we know what this is, is the most irrational place to be. Uh, to, you know, we need ideas, and we need to share our ideas, and, and, you know, and that's a good thing to do. But to be certain, that's a kind of a, a, kind of a mental illness, which is why if you look yeah. at people in religious circles or in political circles, the people who are absolutely certain are the most dangerous because they're mm. so far from the truth, because the real truth is mystery. That's the truth. Wow. Now, that's a powerful note to end our beautiful conversation on, and I couldn't have said that better myself. Tim, I want to thank you for your deep awakening for all of our listeners, and I really do look forward to having more of a conversation with you. I think what you're sharing is huge and needs to have that sort of consistent time for us to really awaken in it because it is very important. We are moving towards a time where a deeper kind of reflective mode of ourselves is required if we're going to really survive this thing beautifully called life. As I end the show, tell our listeners, Tim, what is it that you think would be the best vision of you that it would actually make the world a better place? Ah, what a lovely thing. I've just been doing this with a group of 40 people over New Year at our, at our New Year retreat. And, and now you're asking me what I've been asking them, which is lovely. <laughs> ah. <laughs> wow. Do you know, when I, I have a whole new philosophy that I'm just coming through in a new book, there's another new book that's coming out this year, and I have a huge feeling that I need to dedicate myself to that. So one of the things would be to commit again to the work that I'm doing. It feels life is short. I just want to give as much as I possibly can while I'm here. And that ranges right from the work right down to the simplest of things with the people I meet and my family. And so really, I think the essence of it for me is to live the life I'm already living with love, just keep finding that deep love and to come from that as I live the life that unfolds before me. Oh, that's quite beautiful. And leave us with a website that our listeners can get a hold of your book and information on you. Yes. Well, it's my name, Tim Freak. It's a funny old name, uh, but it's spelled F-R-E-K-E. It's a West Country name from England. Tim Freak, but spelled F-R-E-K-E. And it's such a strange name. If you Google, you'll find me. Yeah, I bet you must have gotten teased a lot when you were a little kid. <laughs> you grew up with a good sense of humor, not taking yourself too seriously, which is a great Oh, aspect. that's beautiful. That's beautiful. Tim, thank you so much for joining us all the way from the U.K. and wishing you an incredibly beautiful year for 2017. 
and to you also and all your listeners. And, and uh, it's been a real delight and honor to, be, uh, to have this conversation with you. Same here. All the best. Bye-bye. Bye. So lots of churning from Tim today. You know, one is to know yourself, but it's also to show yourself. I took that away from my conversation with Tim. The, the engagement to awaken to definitely a higher spiritual space. Is that what 2017 is going to offer us, ladies and gentlemen? Well, I sure hope so. I've been on this path for quite a number of years, and I have to tell you, it's not like a destination as such. I think if you choose or if you are called to live a spiritual life, I think it's just what you do on a day-to-day basis that actually is the beauty of being a spiritual person or a spiritual practitioner. So we're wishing you very well for this year and beyond. And remember, no one can take away your happiness unless you give them permission. And we really are here to love each other the same. So let's keep our spirits lifted and here is lifted by bliss. Take care, everyone. Happy New Year. <laughs> 